I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. You're listening to Blue Jays Nation Radio with Cam Lewis and Tyler Uremchuk, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Episode 75, Blue Jays Nation Radio. Another off-day edition of the podcast. Highly Rumshot, Cam Lewis with you. As always, we are delivered by our friends at DoorDash. 25% off and no delivery fees when you use the promo code BJNPODDD. So use that this weekend instead of cooking. Coomzy, uh, another miserable series for the Blue Jays. Another miserable series. What I want to do before I get into that, just so that we can start with a bit of an interesting uppy energy is, you know how I was going to start doing, can you figure out the Jersey number of the player based on the episode? There's no 75 today's 75, but we didn't do this for 74. And there's only one guy in blue Jays history who wore number 74. Can you figure out who it is? He's on the team. He was on the team last season. He, he was with the team for three seasons, but it didn't feel like he was there that long. 74. 74. Fuck, I wanted, he was on the team last year. I wanted to say Anthony K, but he was 47. Um, he was with the, in the organization for three years, but only with the team for one. This is like a fucking riddle. Um, so he was he he was with with the team for three years. I'll give you a bit of a hint. So three years in the organization, he's kind of bounced around a bit. 2019, he was in the team, played like five games. Last year, he appeared in a handful of games. He played more than anyone expected he should have played, but he was fine. And then in 2020, he wasn't on the team because he had a visa COVID issue or an immigration issue or something like that. Oh, fuck. I'll give you five seconds. Five. 74, four, three, two, one. It's Bravik Valera. Oh, how could you forget the Babip? He's God. a legend. Yes. <laughs> He's a fan favorite in all time. Yeah. I actually like Bravik Valera. I thought he was fine. Don't remember him being number 74, but yeah, now I remember that I being, know. Yeah. I remember him being number one in, in our, our hearts. hearts. Yes. All right. Well, glad that uh, we we got the, glad we got that out of the way. Um, I'd be interested to know how many people were sitting wherever they listen to this podcast in their cars, in their homes, and screaming, screaming like, "Bravik Valera, you idiot! You're M. Chuck. What you are stupid you stupid fuck. or something?" Anyways, yes. <laughs> uh, let's get right into it because that was not a fun series. Uh, the three up, three down. Boy, there are two really big downs that we need to dig into here, but I'll start with this. Uh, They should have won game one and Romano gives up the three run bomb to Aaron judge. 
Oh man, like just one of those. And listen, there will be games throughout the year where the Jays do that, right? Where they're down by two and they hit a three run bomb or they're down by one and they hit a two run bomb. Right. So that that'll happen on you'll, you'll be the, you'll do that to other teams, but it just sucks when it's against the Yankees in Yankee stadium, you're coming, you're coming into the series struggling and you could have really set the tone with a series opening win like that. And you just don't. And like the offense scores five, you're hoping that's enough. Oh man, it's super, super annoying. Like just it, it stung for the rest of the night. It still stings now, like super annoying. Well, there's a reason it stung for the rest of the night. And it's because immediately after Jordan Romano threw that meatball to Aaron judge, like got hit into fucking space. We had to watch the Oilers lose game five to the LA Kings. <laughs> it was like a oh, yeah. seven hour. Block. <laughs> it was <laughs> not a fun night of our, of our work teams. But meanwhile, for a good chunk of our listeners who apparently live in Ontario, they got to miss that Jays game and watch the Leafs win a playoff game and put themselves up three, two in a series. But anyways, enough hockey talk. Yeah. That Jays game really stung. And it's almost like, it's almost like the, the bullpen's kind of regressing to the mean right in front of our eyes. There was such a, there was such a stretch in April in which they're winning all these one run games. And you kind of knew deep down, okay, this eventually is going to come back. We'd said a million times, like, okay, Romano's pitched so many innings is, you know, he eventually is going to get tired. And that's what happened. I I, I don't blame them for the amount that they used Romano in the early season. They wanted to pile up wins while they had the chance, but the reality is is now it's coming around. They weren't going to win all of these close games. Um, That being said, like, like you said, this losing that one to the Yankees really sucks because now they have a poor record against New York and that's really not ideal. Like, I mean, if we're being honest, would you trade the huge comeback on opening day to secure the win against the Yankees in the first game? Like, you know, like you said, like you're going to, you're going to get both sides. You're going to blow leads and you're also going to come back, but you hate blowing a lead to New York. And they started off their season series with New York two and two in, in the Bronx. And we were like, Oh yeah. Like these two teams neck and neck. And then New York comes to Toronto takes two or three. And then they sweep that two gamer. And they That's, quickly gain three games on you. And all of a sudden you're sitting there being like, damn, it's six games back of the Yankees already. And it's May 12th. Like that yeah. sucks. And a bunch um, of your head to heads are already gone. I think, and this ties into our second down. Another reason why that Romano thing or why the three run bomb off Romano pissed me off even more is because you're already in a bad mood after watching Jimmy Garcia get tossed for basically no reason. Like there was that made no sense. It, it just makes absolutely no sense. And then you get Garcia frustrated with the balls. I just, the excuse of like, Oh, well Taylor Heineman or whatever was like chirping Donaldson. And like, well, like it's a it's Donaldson. Cl- yes. We know that it's Donaldson. It's and also does. It's a close game against a division rival Rivals. in the eighth inning. I don't think Garcia gets a sign from his catcher and is like, you know what? You're right. I got to squash this beef. I'm going to drill him. Like what? Who it would do no that? Sense. Well, yeah. When do you see that? When do you see, okay, a guy just allowed this game time home run. It was kind of a, it was kind of a goofy home run, you know, yeah. 315 feet or whatever it was, the shortest of Giancarlo Stanton's career. Why would you come in and plunk the next guy and give the Yankees a base runner? Why would you do that? It doesn't make any sense. You know, and then I don't know. This is, this is not the first and it's not the last time the Jays are going to deal with horrible umping this season. It feels worse this year than, than other years too. Like we had, I remember, I remember vividly that series against Oakland back in April when the strike zone was just fucked. 
And then there's the missed tag call against the Yankees in Toronto. That one with Vladdy between third and home. That was so bad. And then there's this, you're kicking a guy out with not a single warning. And then, you know, Jonathan Lewisaga comes in the next inning and throws a ball that misses Bobichette's head by three inches. And there's no toss there. Why is there no toss there? That was clearly escalating. It was clearly related. Right. If, if we're applying the same logic, I think both of those were the result of the ball being shit and the pitcher having poor command. That's my guess. Yeah. But if we're applying the logic of we're not going to allow things to escalate, then why didn't Lewisaga get tossed immediately? It's just there's 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 just no reason behind it. It's 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 just stupid. It's just bad umpiring. And it's it's at a point now in this sport where if you follow the uh the ump show account on Twitter, you see it pretty much every night. So we as Jays fans can't sit here and be like, Oh, there's a conspiracy against the Jays because it's, it's all over the place. But I don't know the umpires. It seems the more we talk about robot umps and how necessary that is the worse they perform. Yeah. And I mean, I went back this morning again and just rewatched and looked at some of those calls, those bad strike three calls or bad strike calls in general on the Jays. And it's just, I mean, that's one thing that's always been in the game. And but again, when you sit there and you watch a game where it's so bad for six, seven innings and then they do the thing of tossing Garcia and then Montoyo gets thrown out and the look on Montoyo's face in the dugout when he's like, he like points to the guy next to him. He's like him, me. And I like it, it was unbelievable. Like they're not it's almost like they're not even or Montoya at least wasn't even like frustrated I know he went out and lost his shit but he wasn't even frustrated he was like stunned he was like you're actually this bad like you're actually chucking me right now it's it's a bad look on the sport and again for Garcia Loizaga like the ball is an issue as well and it's hilarious I know people have made this joke a hundred times but they somehow found a way to use a ball that both the hitters and pitchers hate. How do you fuck up that bad? If you're major league baseball, how does it get to that point? Like, Oh, and like, I think they made this remark on, on the broadcast. It's 2022. How can you not like, they were talking about uh, grooming the balls and how uh, like the league said it's the responsibility of the teams, but then a team representative was like, no, it's the responsibility of the league and all this stuff. Well, like how do we not know this stuff? And they were talking about how much dirt can be rubbed on a ball and how much can't and oh, they're slippery. They're this, they're that. We have the technology cam. (laughs) (laughs) Just figure it out. Communicate. It's insane. Okay, actually, there's one thing that I wanted to bring up because um, I just kind of mentioned it there with the Stanton home run. A lot of people complain about Yankee Stadium being a little league park or being a joke or how it's unfair. Why is it unfair? Right. You know, people are like, oh, classic shitty short porch Yankee Stadium homer. The Stanton one, the game time one. And there was one off of Jose Barrios in the second game, too. I think it was. Was it a judge home run? I can't remember. I, ugh. But yeah, it was like, you know, both teams are hitting in the same park. I know. One guy, one guy on Twitter replied because I made a joke on the Blue Jays Nation account being like, the Blue Jays are aware they're allowed to, you know, also hit a fly ball the right field and, you know, get a cheap home run, right? They're allowed to do that. And one guy was like, well, the Yankees get to practice doing that all the time. So what? it's stacked against them. And I'm like, well, are the Blue Jays not allowed to practice hitting the ball to right field? I don't know. Like, am I an idiot? Am I missing something? I don't get it. Like, I don't, I, I, I'm not aware of them moving the fences in and out as different teams come up to bat. I feel like the Yankees and the Blue Jays and any other opponent at Yankee stadium are hitting in the same fucking park. 
Maybe the, maybe I think the it's bats a, are just, I, maybe I, the bats are just bad. I think it's a cheap excuse, right? Because people sit there and be like, oh, the Yankees get to play their 81 times a year. You get to build your team around knowing you get 81 games with the short porch and all well, of that. Then build your team knowing you're playing in Yankee Stadium a bunch of times yeah. and knowing that these are key games. Yeah, I I, I think I'm are more they, with you. Are they not told what the schedule is going to be before the season? Or is, this, is this something new? Is it confusing that the Blue Jays are playing a handful of games in New York this season? I'm more with you than I'm so with the other people. Yeah, I, I don't up. know why I'm so worked out about this, but I'm. Ugh. That should have been our third down is people who call or who are doing the whole joke stadium thing. Third which like, down in general is just the people that reply to my tweets. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Um, where are we going from here? Uh, that honestly could Let's get just, some positives in the mix. Yeah, let's do it. We're going to call that our third down right there. We're not even going to talk about the fact Matt Chapman's batting averages dipped below 200 and he like didn't have a hit in that series. We're just going to move on right from that into the ups. Uh, you say Kikuche looked pretty good. Uh, he went five and a third, only allowed two earned runs, struck out seven, um, only five base runners, I believe, as well in that start. Uh, he's put together a couple of good appearances here and it looks like you know, we were at a point maybe concerned about the back end of the Jays rotation. Maybe Kikuchi is showing us that we shouldn't be. It's actually pretty impressive when you look at Kikuchi's who he's had to go up against. Like he has not had an easy start this year. His first starts in Yankees stadium against the Yankees. His next start after that is in Fenway against the Red Sox. And then in Houston against the Astros. That's three of who are supposed to be the better teams in the American league. I know Boston has not really been that team this year, but the Yankees and Astros are both quite good. And then it's another start against the Astros at home and then a start against New York at home and a start against New York on the road. So he has not had a break at all this year. And then meanwhile, over his last two starts, both against the Yankees, he goes 11 and one third inning only allows five hits, three earned runs and struck out seven in both starts. So I think any concern we had for Kikuji back in April, we can say, yeah, we're, we're a little bit premature on that. And is every single start going to be like this? No, but it's nice to see that. Okay. This guy is very much so capable of putting together a good start because back in those early games, like that first one in New York, it didn't seem like there was that potential there. You know, he wasn't really missing bats. He wasn't, he wasn't fooling anybody. And now it's like, okay, I can see what it looks like now. And Kikuchi's at his best and damn, it's, it's a treat to watch. He looks really good. Yeah, he he does. And, you know, maybe it's the Pete Walker pixie dust just taking a couple extra weeks to maybe settle in for the guy. Um, but Kikuche is looking really, really sharp. Uh, the second up that we had, uh, I know it came in two losing efforts, but Bo Bichette went one for four in game one. But he did go three for five in game two and came somewhat close to tying things up in the top of the ninth as well uh, with a couple on. He he just hit one foul uh, off the bat and just based off Dan Shulman's reaction when he hit it, I thought he had tied the game and I got excited for a second. Um, but if we're looking to pull positives and we're really looking to pull positives, um, you know, Bo heating up would do wonders for this lineup. It would. Just simply getting somebody getting hot because so far it's really been George Springer and Vladdy. And I'm not sure if either have really been at their best. I think George Springer has been probably the most consistently very good hitter. Vladdy's been a little bit down from where you'd hope he'd be. And then Santiago Espinal, of course, has been great as well uh, towards the bottom of the order, but they need one of those big guys to heat up, whether it's Bo or, you know, Guriel Chapman, somebody, one of those big bats has to go nuclear and mm -hmm. the rest of the offense will follow if that happens. Cause the reality is, is 
they have three guys that are pretty gold right now. And those are three pretty key bats. So just one of them turning it around and Bo in this series, it looks like he's more comfortable at the plate. The other positive thing there is beyond the actual hits is he only struck out twice and he walked once. So that's a pretty, a pretty good ratio. All things considered, given that he struck out like 10 times more than he's walked this year. So that's, that I think is a positive. You want to see him, you want to see him just going up and, flailing less and i think that yeah. was the case in the new york series looked a bit more dialed in yeah i'm, I'm with you 100 on that and uh i mean springer had the dinger again in this series he started the series with a home run and then it was it was you know he was kind of quiet after that with that top of the order like it's so good that there should come a point in this season where i believe we go on a four or five game run where we're like damn they're winning games off the backs of those three and we haven't had that stretch yet Boy, would it ever be nice if that stretch was coming against Tampa Bay in this series, like just oh, a run great. where the Jays big guns and their MVPs find a way to come through and, and perform like maybe we had hoped they would at the start of the season. Right. I know that's putting a lot on like three or four players in a lineup, but still, I just think you're due for a stretch where a couple of them get stupid hot at the same time. And we're just sitting here laughing and enjoying this team crushing balls out of the park. That'd be perfect. It would be, yeah. it'd be absolutely fantastic to see them go into Tampa and do this against the Rays. I mean, the Rays just had a pretty rough go against the Angels, so it's possible. They're not perfect. The Rays are good, but yep. they're not they're not the best version of the Rays I've ever seen. So, But we're also going into Tampa Bay, so you just know goofy stuff's going to happen. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, third up, I'm going to share this quote from George Springer that you sent me. Because I think this is a this is a good positive thing, good the, the, the right mindset. Uh, this is from Keegan Matheson. George Springer says the Blue Jays need to breathe and be themselves, even if there's still a need for urgency. "Quote: Don't try to hit the five-run homer if there's nobody on base. Slow down, stay within ourselves, because there's a long way to go and a lot of time to right the ship." And I agree with that. It's a long season. There will be heaters. There will be cold streaks. Let's just hope the heaters are a little bit hotter than the cold streaks are cold. Yeah, I mean, all things considered, like, I don't think the Jays have been anywhere near as good as they can be yet this year. And they're in sixth in the American League with a 17 and 15 record, which last year, I think they were 16 and 16 at this point. Even if you go back and look at 2015 and 2016, they were right around 500 in in mid-May. This is not really that shocking. I mean, I don't think you necessarily want to use last season and be like, oh, like you're at the same place you were last year. That's great because we all know what happened last year. But the reality is is there's a sixth playoff game this year and the same thing's not going to happen. You're not going to win 91 games and miss the playoffs. It's not happening again. But, you know, we want to see, we want to see the team play at their best, but we're just not there yet. It is what it is. Um, I personally wouldn't panic just yet. There's reasons to be concerned. There's reasons to be annoyed. There's reasons to be disappointed, but I'm not going to slam the panic button just quite yet. And that's fair. Uh, you put out the call on Twitter question for everyone as we're heading to record the pod. What concerns you the most about this Blue Jays team? We will read the uh, little handful of takes that we have, and then we'll give our thoughts scale of one to 10. How big of a concern is it? One being no concern at all. 10 being massive concern. It could sink the season. Uh, so the first reply came from Dave Church, who said, I think the hitting will be there. More worried about the bullpen being gassed already. Still, they're in okay shape after a really rough schedule to start. Coombsy, one to 10. Are you worried about the bullpen being gassed already? Yeah, 100%. That's like a nine out of 10 for me. That's a, that's a, that's a good comment. Um, but that's just, what can you really do? I mean, that's kind of the, the same point that I made earlier is like, yeah, Romano pitched a whole bunch. Yeah. But what are you going to do? Not use your closer in a one run game. You kind of got to do what you got to do. I don't think, yeah, I think Dave's comments, right. But 
I don't think he's really blaming anybody for it, but the reality is for the Jays, if the bullpen is a problem, which it was last year, it could be again if they burn out, but I think it's the easiest thing to fix. Like, I don't think it's necessarily easy to go and find a starting pitcher or a middle of the lineup left-handed bat. So if this is their biggest problem, then at least they can fix it. Yeah, I'll I'll go ahead and I'll give it like, I'll go five right in the middle, just because if it does get really bad for three, four weeks and it's too early to go out and make a move, it's too far away from the trade deadline, then we saw last year, that's something that can really, really harm you. Even if the bats wake up, if the bullpen starts going in the opposite direction, it might not matter, which is why I'm at a five. But I also think, you know, we saw this group pitch well early. And I think just just maybe mixing up the usage a little bit might just try to keep guys fresher is what I'm getting at here. Like, you know, they use Jordan Romano a lot early in the year. The lesson right now should be, okay, even when he's on fire and pitching well, we need to not use Jordan Romano as much and mix in some other guys who are pitching okay. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm at a five just because I think it's a fixable problem. But still, the the pain and the PTSD from last year kind of <laughs> does sink in at some point, right? It does, yeah, 100%. Uh, the next one we got is from Rainy79. The prolonged slumps that the offense seemed to be prone to. It's a great offense when firing on all cylinders, but the slumps just seem too long and too frequent. Uh, what, what do you think about that one? Yeah, I think there's definitely... There's definitely something to be said for the fact they have a pretty one dimensional lineup. This was even said last year when they were firing and they were very good as I remember last year, it was like in September when they were in those tight games in the chase, they were like, as good as the offense is going, they could score 12 runs in the first seven innings, but then you can shut them down in the eighth and ninth with a very hard throwing righty. And you know, the entire blue Jays lineup is power hitting righties that swing. There isn't really there isn't really a, I don't want to say a walk first guy in the lineup because that's kind of dumb, but there isn't really, it's, it's, it's a very free swinging team and there isn't like a, a great left-handed bat, which is unfortunate. There isn't really like that. That's why in the off season, we talked so much about Jose Ramirez being the ideal guy to acquire, yeah. you know, a guy who hits for a very high average, good contact hitter can shorten up his swing, hit a single um, bat from the left side. Those are things the Jays just don't really have. So yeah, I agree. That's it's, I, I think it's a, I don't think it's an easy lineup to shut down per se, cause the hitters are good, but when they get cold, man, they are going to get so fucking cold as they are right now, because when you figure out how to attack them properly and they're not seeing it well, then damn, this offense is just a limp deck. Yeah. Um, that great points there on, on being able to shut them down the prolonged slumps. That's an issue. I, I tend to think that over the course of 162, prolonged slumps are going to be offset by prolonged hot streaks. So I'm going to give this one a four. I'm not all the way down at a one. Whereas if you had told me, you know, game one opening day after that comeback, I would have been like, oh, a zero. Are you kidding me? This team's never going to be shut down in any of these games. They might go 162 and oh, but I am up to a four just because like you said, there seems to be an approach to shutting them down. And it's been shown over the last, year and a bit now that that approach works and if more teams just catch on to it it could be a bit of an issue but still i like to think that talent will reign supreme joke because his name is rainy uh the talent will reign supreme and the jays will uh will eventually bust out of this and it's just a matter of you know they i'll say something i said earlier they don't have to be firing on all cylinders for this offense to be good 
right now they're firing on like seemingly one cylinder a game where there's like one guy who hits good and everyone else is going like one for four or oh for four. But once they get two or three cylinders going at a time, I really do think you'll start to see the the snowball down the hill effect where it'll start to build up and they'll be just fine. Uh, Rainey also followed up at the end of his tweet with Barrios being this bad isn't encouraging. And he had another not so great start at Yankee Stadium. So, yeah, that's not great either. No, that's not exactly what you like. I thought the Yankee Stadium start for Brios was somewhat encouraging. It wasn't amazing, but he was generating more whiffs than before. It seemed like in the earlier starts, he wasn't really fooling anybody. But at the very least, he was getting the Yankees to swing. Uh, the, the home run, the three-run bomb was kind of a cheap one. Yeah. I will say. I mean, I, I did go on my rant about Yankee Stadium, but it still was a cheap one. <laughs> yeah, I think from a pitcher perspective, you can kind of say that, right? Because, yeah, you know, from the pitcher. Um, all right. Lefty Alexander says depth concerns me the most, hoping we stay healthy and the bats come alive. But in the event of injury, our depth is exposed. We may need another productive bat or arm in the pen. Uh, what do you think about the depth concerns scale of one to 10? Mm, probably like a three or a four. It's just, I don't think that's necessarily wrong, but we already saw them kind of navigate They're, They've navigated a couple of injuries now. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, Kinjin Ryu got hurt. in the Dijio. <laughs> yeah, they've, they've, they've dealt with Kevin Biggio being, I don't know, what the COVID for a month. put him in a rocket ship and sent him out into space. I have no idea what's happened to him. Just disappeared. But yeah, they navigated. I'm not going to, yeah, it's not really fair to say they navigated Teoscar's um, injury yeah. because we said the entire time he was out, oh, geez, if they just had Teoscar, they'd be fine. But yeah, the depth right now, it looks quite bad because. Three of your good hitters are not hitting at all. Yeah. So you lose one guy in Tay Oscar and Bo Chapman, Guriel are not hitting anything. Then it seems like your lineup has two guys. But I think the Jays are better equipped to uh, get around injuries than most teams. Like they have at least a handful of guys in the lineup you expect to be good. But I do understand where that's coming from because we've already seen so many lineups where like Tappy is hitting first or fifth. Or, you know, Zach Collins is batting cleanup. Bradley Zimmer is in the lineup. You know, that kind of thing. So I understand where the thing's coming from. Uh, I think the pitching depth's actually pretty decent. They've, you know, that being said, I would be absolutely devastated, knock on wood, if there was an injury to Kevin Gosman or an Alec Manoa, that would not be fun to get around, I will say. So, yeah, there's there's validity to this point for sure. Yep, there's certainly concerns. Um, Like, I mean, Tapia's batting 216, right? Zach Collins were a long ways from, you know, it's Zach Collins world and we're all just living in it. His batting average is starting to plummet. It's mildly concerning sometimes when you see a few of the guys in the lineup, but at the end of the day, I still think the top of this lineup is so good that like if the bottom of your lineup features a couple of guys here, like, Ooh, we're not getting a lot of competitive at bats out of Bradley Zimmer. Actually, I don't think I've seen one competitive at bat out of Bradley run. One. That is literally the only, the only thing hit? he's ever done. Uh he has three hits in 48. He three hits? He's batting 0.075, Cam. OPS is 269. That's not even an amazing batting average. That's an OPS. He's he has 40 ABs. He's struck out 19 times. Has he walked? Once. One walk. One like, stolen I, base. One cuts. <laughs> Like he's so bad. Yeah, I, and I, I hate love saying this, but like 
they, like I would, you talk about firing Biggio into the moon. And every, I feel like I do this a lot with my sports teams where I have a depth player who I just can't stand. But this dude drives me nuts. I would, I would die happy if he never plays another, puts on another Blue Jays jersey in his life. Even Dunedin Blue Jays. I don't care. Yeah, you, I, I don't know how long this experiment's going to go. It's been, it's been a rough one. I, yeah. I, I don't know if I've ever seen a Blue Jay have less competitive at-bats than what Bradley Zimmer's had this year. And that's disappointing because, you know, when they got him in that trade, it was kind of like, you know, this guy used to be a really highly touted prospect. He had some really good numbers in the minors. And boy, oh boy, he just does not have it. It just, it's like, we, we, we made jokes about Bo coming up and you're like, oh, Bo's already down. Oh, two, Bo too. But Bradley Zimmer, it's like, I, I swear sometimes the, the plate appearances are like five seconds long. Hey, he just goes up there, hacks a couple times, strikes out looking, like, boom, he's gone. Like he comes up and you're like, oh, look, Bradley Zimmer's stepping in. He's uh, over two today. And then you look at your phone, open an app, and then you look back up. <laughs> his, when you go to his MLB.com page, it says Bradley Clark Zimmer. Nickname machine. <laughs> no one has, or no, no one's ever said that. No one's ever called him that. He emailed MLB.com. It's like, Hey, can you throw this in my bio? We're struck so out. negative today. This is I so know. bad. But you struck it. The guy struck out 19 times in 40 ABs. Just go up there and don't swing at this point and hope you draw a walk. Like what's the worst thing that's going to happen, man. Anyways, um, um, we're terrible today. Yeah, we are. It's like, it's almost like we know we have to, it's, it's like, we know we're watching an Oilers game tonight. We just know. And I, I'm miserable on like all sporting fronts right now. I was thinking about that the other day when, so like, you know, I basically have three teams that I, that I consider myself like a diehard of, and mm-hmm. it's the Jays, Oilers and the Buffalo bills. And I think of the last year of my sports fan existence and like the Oilers are once again, going to disappoint me in the playoffs second time in, in two years that they're going to do that. The blue Jays miss time. Well, third time. Yeah, sure. If you, want to count, yeah, if you want to count the bubble, the Jays missed the playoffs by one game last year. Wins. Heartbreaking as hell. The Buffalo Bills were on the wrong end of like the best playoff game in NFL history and lost yep. out in like the most depressing way. Like my sports teams have left me in the same spot in my apartment, just laying on the floor after their final games consistently in the last year. Like I just lay there when they're eliminated. I'm like, why do I do this to myself? It, and that's, I, that's where I'm at right now too. Cause the Jays can't yep. hit and everything sucks. That's, um, that's, yeah. that's exactly where I was at on Tuesday. It was that walk off and then that hockey game. <laughs> been pissed off since. It's been over 24 hours. <laughs> and I'm still just like, shut <laughs> Oh, this is rough. I apologize to anybody listening to this for our, our horrible vibes. We're usually we're usually more upbeat than this. This this is sad. It's my birthday tomorrow too. What the fuck? Oh man, happy early birthday, Kimsey. Yeah, I'm not I'm not too thrilled. I'm getting very close to thirty, so it's yeah yeah. It's, it's it's, the, we're getting yeah. to the age where the where the birthdays you don't really celebrate them. You more you more notice them. They're not celebrations. They're like gruesome reminders of age. Yes. <laughs> my, gruesome reminders of my mortality. Just like watching the Blue Jays and Edmonton Oilers. <laughs> ah, all right. Let's try to get some positivity in this thing. The Jays are going to the trop. Only good things happen at the trop. Yeah. The Jays are going to the trop. The Rays are, um, the Rays are a good team. We're, we're, we're very much so aware of the Rays. They're 19 and 13, but that being said, they're not perfect. They just, they just had a, a little difficult-ish stretch. Last Sunday, they got walked off by Seattle. 
Um, and then they went into Anaheim. They lost 11 to three to the angels. And then they got no hit by the angels by Jason Detmers or sorry, Reed Detmers. That's his name, right? Reed Detmers. Yes, yeah. correct. Um, they lost that game 12, nothing. And then they won the next game four to two and in 10 innings. So the Rays aren't exactly firing in all cylinders. They're a team that's not pitching amazingly well, but unfortunately for the Jays, we're going to run into one of their better pitchers in Drew Rasmussen. He'll be going up against Kevin Gosman. And then it's not always easy to figure out exactly who the Rays are going to be throwing out there. It's not going to be Shane McClanahan because he just pitched Corey Kluber. It also likely won't be him because he pitched Anaheim as well. So it's going to be like a Ryan Yarbrough or like a Matt Weisler, JP Fireheisen reliever, Josh Fleming kind of thing. Uh, one of those situations. So the Rays aren't pitching amazingly well and we don't get McClanahan in the series, which is great, but we do get Rasmussen, which sucks, but at least Rasmussen's going up against Gosman, who's great. So yeah. Yeah. You know, All right. I, I'm going to choose to believe I'm going to try and inject some positivity into this thing. Ryu's coming back. You know, let's try to be happy about it. Uh, our look ahead, as always, is brought to you by our friends over at Points Bet Canada. No odds yet for game one of the series. So I figured let's take a look at some futures odds. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is third on the MVP list behind Shohei Otani and Mike Trout. Um, Aaron Judge is right behind him as well. Jose Ramirez rounds out that top five. So you're getting six to one odds on Vladdy to win American League MVP. But how about this? Kevin Gosman rocketed mm up the AL Cy Young odds. He's now second only behind Justin Verlander. They're saying Gosman has the same odds as winning the Cy Young as uh, Guerrero does of winning the MVP. I think that's completely reasonable. Kevin Gosman's looked just insanely good this year. Like I can't remember. Like, I mean, we've seen some really good pitching on the Blue Jays in, in recent ish years, right? Like I'm not even talking, I'm not even talking early to mid two thousands, Roy holiday. I'm talking like, you know, 2015, they got David Price. He was great. Uh, you know, Marco Estrada that year, he was great. 2016, uh, Aaron Sanchez, J-Hap, great pitching performances. Um, Christ, even when they got uh, Hinjin Ryu in his yep. first year here. Fantastic. Uh, Robbie Ray last year, he wins the Cy Young. Really good year. Yeah. But what we're seeing right now from Gosman is maybe the best of all of that. You know, the you just look at these 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 numbers and he hasn't allowed a home run yet. He's walked one guy. His FIP, I know FIP's not a perfect stat, but his FIP's 0.78. Like <laughs> that's nuts. <laughs> these yeah. numbers are if you, you look at some numbers on the Jays, like Bradley Zimmer being three for 753 and having a hundred strikeouts already in his blue Jays career. And you're like, wow, those stats are insane. But even more insane is how good Kevin Gosman's been. Yeah. It's easy to be bad. It's hard to be good. Uh, the rest of the Cy Young race, <laughs> the rest of the Cy Young race goes Garrett Cole, Dylan cease. They're both seven to one. Otani is 10 to one. Shane McClanahan is 12 to one, but you know who else is 12 to one? Oh, is it a blue Jay? It is. is it Alec Manoa? It is. Man? He started yeah, fuck, the year yeah. at 25 to one and those odds have now been cut to 12 to one. So the books uh, show, shown some respect to the big, we man. should put, let's put, um, I don't bet, but you can bet for me. Put, put money on both, both, uh, Gosman and Manoa. Those are my boys. All right. I got you. Uh, also the Jays to win the AL East. They have now fallen out of that top spot. Uh, the Yankees are minus 130, which means you'd have to wager $130 to win 100. Uh, the Toronto Blue Jays, they're plus 180 now. So getting some value on the Jays to potentially win the AL East, but they're six games you back. You believe? Uh, I, I don't believe at that price point. Like the Rays 
are plus 580, which is weird that really? the Rays are that much further than the Jays are. Um, so if the Jays were plus 580, I'd be betting it. Plus 180, yeah, I'm, I'm not seeing enough yeah. from this team to want to back them up with my wallet. Um, so I'm probably staying away from that. Okay. Anyway, Coomzy, this was uh, a longer episode than I thought we'd get to actually, but uh, we got passionate. We got fired up. We did. I got really worked up. I don't know why I was so I, I get so worked up about that Yankee Stadium thing. I think it's because people were really mean to me in the responses to the tweet. Mm-hmm. I didn't appreciate yeah. it. That's they weren't cool. even that bad. I'm just being soft. That's okay. It's almost your birthday. We'll cut you some slack for being a little soft. Yeah, I get I get I get some room for Eric. I'm turning yeah. 29 tomorrow, and I'm allowed to have a meltdown. <laughs> well, uh, you have a great birthday, Coomzy. Um, I don't know what we're going to do for a pod this weekend. Then are you, we're going to get hung over Coomzy on whatever day we record. Yeah. On Sunday. That's fine. I'll be fine. All right. Uh, let's hope the Jays work some Coomzy birthday magic and take some games at the trop as they take on the Rays. Thanks for tuning in. This has been episode 75 of blue Jays nation radio brought to you by our friends at DoorDash promo code BJN pod DD gets first time users of the app 25% off and no delivery fees. So check it out. Shout out DoorDash. Shout out to you Coomzy. Happy birthday. Enjoy your weekend. Best wishes. Thanks for tuning in to Blue Jays Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.